0: So, I think I discovered something about myself this weekend. I think I have a case of COVID goggles. Mm-hmm. So, like, COVID goggles are kind of like beer goggles. Remember in college, everybody's like, I have beer goggles. So, <laughs> I, I, I think I have COVID goggles because... My man cave region has been on lockdown since before this quarantine. So at this point, I just see regular looking dudes, not even my type. And I'm ready to enter a prolonged marital contract with that man. You know, like that's so yesterday I had lunch. We went to the Grove. It was me and it was PSL and it was Christine. And long story short, every single dude looked like marriage material, every single dude, like regardless of age, regardless of everything. I, so this is a true story. I nearly took home an 83 year old man named Reginald. He and I were near the corn dog stand and we both reached for the mustard packets at the same time. And you guys, it was so hot when my pinky brushed against his like The attraction can only be described as animal. And I think he might have a nice retirement plan. So, like, for me, that's a total package moment. I'm ready to go in for it, you know? So, anyway, is this happening to any of the single people on the show? Like Stephanie, Christine? Because I'm assuming John and Scott are getting... I almost said D on the reg. I don't know if that's true for Scott, but are getting play on the reg. But ladies, like, are you getting COVID goggles at all? hmm no. I
1: was told I look like a mango <laughs> when I was hit on. I, 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 you know, as you know, like where I live is like, it's, there's a lot of people. And um, I walk my dog early in the morning and um, the gentlemen of the neighborhood, let's call them um, are quite complimentary and would like to know why they haven't seen me recently. I'm like, we walk in the shade, which is to say I, you hit on me four times, sir. I'm good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, COVID goggles. But wait, did you just say that you look good to those men because they have COVID goggles? Cause that's not a compliment to you. No, saying. I think I
1: look, I think I look good to them because they may be inebriated it. Seven in the morning. I see.
2: But you know, Stephanie, yeah. mangoes are sweet and delicious.
1: I so. think it's the I think it's the hourglass shape too, because mm-hmm. I do have a good butt. The mm-hmm. so. rows
0: are so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, like I, don't. I
1: haven't seen any like guys that I would entertain or girls that I would entertain, because as you know, I'm like whatever's clever, but I haven't seen anything that I'm like, hey.
3: I just want a hug
1: wait John you have a husband but people so can
3: we talk about that because I think you're like the third or fourth person to say that and I think that it's the same like I get it and yes I do have a husband and I love my husband and I love his hugs but there's still connections and you know hugs that you get from people you know your friends your family so it's like it's not even just COVID goggles it's just that like, today Scott gave me a hug and I was like, thank God. Like, I just was so thankful that I had another person to actually, you know, give me a hug. It's just one of those things. I'm an, I'm an empath, so that's the reason why.
2: But I mean, John did grab my butt while we were hugging. He okay, so strange. I don't want my
3: husband thinking that that's true. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, did you, guys, do not happen. did you guys do a junk press?
3: <laughs> that new haircut is
2: really
1: working, Scott. Oh my yeah. God. not happen. Yeah. However, (laughs) no,
2: (laughs) I have a question for you, Jimmy, before we get moving. This is, uh, this is, they have a corndog stand at the grove. (laughs)
1: With <laughs> everything at the Grove.
0: No, let's just say I actually had empanadas, but the, okay. the story was more enjoyable. What if I said corn dogs? So thanks so much for calling me out, <laughs> by the way. And I was telling the story, I could see Christine's face look at me like, bitch, you didn't eat a corn dog. Well, no, you my question was going to be like, did you guys eat
4: corn dogs after I left?
0: Yeah, well, uh, well, you me. know what? Eating corn dogs is between me and Reginald. So what?
4: <laughs> that corn dog but, has
0: a 401k and a state pension. Don't judge my corn dog.
2: I was already a little bummed out that I didn't get invited to the Grove with everybody else. But then when you had corn dogs, I was really, my Irish guilt was really. All right. Gross. Well, let's have a myself. podcast. Okay, okay then, everybody. fine. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: Truth be told, I always wanted to host The View, but I don't exactly meet the lady requirement. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to start a podcast. Hello, I am Jim Lanahan and these are my friends. Ready? Let's go. All hey, right, you guys, welcome back to a new episode of Jim Lanahan and Friends. Let's do a quick around the room. We have Christine Sinecourt, Dr. John Paul Higgins, Scott Sheldon, everybody's in Los Angeles, and from a former studio, in the of Los Angeles, producer Stephanie Ruff. Welcome, everybody. Did y'all have a good week?
2: Yes, very good week. Much better than last week.
0: Good, good, good. Listen, we have a guest today... Oh, no, John, what did you say?
3: I said so-so.
0: Oh, why was it so-so?
3: Because two of my favorite people passed away this week. So oh,
0: didn't yeah. want to bring
3: down the mood, but uh, um, Chi-Chi Devane passed away last Friday. Um, I actually learned about her passing away this past Monday um, and then hearing about Chadwick. So it was just kind of a bummy week to for two of the my favorite people to pass away. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: yeah, I know, I know. Um, It was sad, particularly Chadwick, because he was so young, it was shocking, and he didn't talk about the cancer. So it was so shocking, because it was like, how is a superhero dead, you know? And um, I encourage everybody to go find the Jimmy Kimmel clip where he arranged for Chadwick to be behind a curtain at a cinema. And people walked up to the other side of the curtain. There was a big picture of Chadwick as the Black Panther, and people were commenting on how much that movie meant to them. And they were black, these people, uh, they were young, they were old, they were every gender, and it was amazing. And then at one point, Chadwick would pop out and say, hey, you know, I'm here and, and give him a hug. And it's really moving. I, I recommend everybody go um, and watch that, it's amazing. Okay, y'all, we have a guest, so let's jump right into the yummy yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy.
1: yummy. I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid.
0: Stephanie, what do we got this week?
1: Well, Jim, what we have here, and everybody can open their packages labeled number one. And as... We have come to discover some of you peak ahead of the show. And some of you try ahead of the show.
0: You guys, Stephanie's giving you a big hand slap right now. I think we all know who we're looking
2: at, boys.
3: I didn't do anything.
2: I did. I usually eat before, I, but I can't even get this open. This well, is,
0: Again, Stephanie, this is wrapped <laughs> like Fort Knox.
1: I knew you were going to say that, but then we had the conversation about how they were peaking. So I wrapped it up. What? Oh, I'm excited about this. What
0: do we got here? Okay, I've opened up my package and what right. I have are Barnum's Animal Crackers, a Nabisco product, which I can already tell you, I haven't even opened this up yet because I'm obsessed with them. They are your traditional animal Let's. cracker in here. And they are not frosted. Listen to this freshness. Oh, my God. But what Stephanie has also done is provided us with the frosted animal crackers. So they're pink and they're white and they have the little sprinkles. And literally, this is my diabetes in a bag. I'm obsessed with these.
2: Did you make these, Stephanie? The the ones with the...
1: Oh, hell no. Icing
2: They're, on them? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay.
1: I just thought, you know, I, I had ordered, I, I do Amazon Fresh for my grocery so I'm afraid to go to the grocery store. So I had ordered animal crackers one day and I was like, you know what? It'd be really fun to just try them, try two different kinds. Because I grew up on the Barnum's animal crackers. And then I was like, you know what? Let's try some frosted ones too. Because I think this is fun. So, I, Yeah.
2: Are the Barnums are, are they in ever, any relation to the circus, Barnum and Bailey Circus or no?
1: I didn't research. I believe them. so. Right. Yeah, but I believe yes, it's they're a, intended. They're intended to be that. I don't it's know if they- probably like,
0: marketing, right? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah, I don't
4: mind, think
2: they're I mean, in the business of cookies. I don't know. Every one of my cookie looks like a buffalo. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> I'm trying an advanced move here where I sandwich the frosted one in between two of the non-frosted oh, ones.
2: Oh,
0: you're a goddamn professional. Yeah, to Ooh. make <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought about doing that's that. And I love history. junk food. Thank you. Now there are some animals here that I can't like this this one looks like a hedgehog pleasuring itself. Oh, it's I think I got one. I of have those no still. idea what that's available is. This Gobble. one's
1: a zebra, I think. And this there, one's a tiger, maybe.
4: Mm-hmm. This is a bear. This pink. Oh,
0: you know what? My COVID goggles are kicking in. This elephant is really <laughs> attractive. Look at that
4: trunk. <laughs> and there's a camel. This is definitely a camel. I love that the package
2: says that they're a good source of calcium. <laughs> 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 ah,
0: now, this is a carb-free, sugar-free yeah. keto treat, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. No. I love that we're all eating so vigorously, no one's talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to mute myself, because we like, the first few, we were like, oh God, we can hear the chewing. So I'm like, oh. Uh. No, I, Stephanie,
0: I think this is a hit. I think this is the hit so far. All of us are shoveling this into our mouths. Actually, it brings me back to my
3: college years because I was so poor growing up as a kid. We weren't allowed to have the frosted ones. So because I was like making my own money in college, I literally bought these like every other week mm. and I would devour a bag. And hence why i became
2: the size that I am. <laughs> I just have to say that I have, this is the first time I've ever had a frosted one. Yeah,
4: uh-huh. I haven't had them before either, the frosted yeah. ones.
2: You guys,
0: this actually brings me back to fifth grade when Father John touched me inappropriately behind the pulpit
5: okay thank you
1: I can't go to Taco Bell I'm on an all-carb diet god Karen you are so stupid
0: by the way oh, father John you. never touched me but Christine knows this father John our father growing up who gave us like first communion and everything he mm-hmm. he legitimately touched a lot of boys Oh, really? no. yeah. Oh, it went down after we went to college the year after it all went down at our church. It was crazy.
4: Wow. I'm surprised uh, that story you told about me being um, <laughs> confused for being a boy actually yes. happened at that church. So I'm surprised he never tried anything with me. <laughs>
0: My usual joke about it is, am I the only one he didn't touch? Damn it! In fifth grade, already undesirable. Thanks, Father John. Welcome to my body issues. Yeah.
2: What church was it? Oh, you better not say. You
0: better not say. No, we can talk about it. Corpus Christi. Mm. hmm In Boston Lake, New York. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. Okay, you guys, um, as I'm finishing this.
5: <laughs>
0: yeah finishing this cookie. I'm going to be chewing a little bit. Okay. I named the podcast Jim Lanahan and Friends because I knew that I wanted permanent recurring co-hosts. So that's Christine and Scott and Dr. John, of course. But I always knew I wanted to have an extended network of friends who provided subject area expertise. People who could get right to the meat of it if we had questions on a specific topic. And today we have our first extended family friend. Her name is Marissa. She's one of my very, very best girlfriends. She is a new mom. She balances motherhood with a high powered day job. (laughs) She has a really fancy job, but I'm not sure she can talk about it, but trust me, it's very fancy. (laughs) She lives in Maryland, outside of Washington, DC. You guys, it's the one and only, Marissa from Maryland! Hello! All right, you guys, so... Oh my God, the crowd loves you, Marissa. So... (laughs)
6: I'm still laughing at the fact that you call my job fancy. I don't know that anyone has ever described my job as fancy.
0: Well, I don't, I won't, I won't out where you work because it, but let's just say it's right now it's very topical. It's in the news almost every day. Yes. It is.
6: (laughs) Well, okay. So Yeah but what i do does not contribute to the fanciness.
0: <laughs> oh, i think you're important there. I mean, you're essential. You never stopped working, right? So That's true. Yeah. Except when
6: i the baby was extracted from my body.
0: Okay. I mean, that <laughs> is really we have we have to talk about a lot of things involving uh-huh. bodies and extractions. Okay. So you guys, i just have to first take you through something that i So i was trying to figure out like what are we going to call Marissa? Because i call her Marissa I was like, but for the podcast, like, is her podcast name Marissa from Maryland? Like, or would that just short down to Marissa? like Marissa M, right? Like Marissum, or like Maryland Marissa. Would that short down to like Mary Mary? Because I thought that was funny. Mm. M-A-R-Y, M-A-R-I, right? So, and then it hit me. If I take the May from Maryland and then put it in front of her name, it's, Mama Marissa. And then I developed Marissa's theme song. Put a windy in your butt, lube it up, stick it in. I'm gonna make this baby fart every time for the win. Mama, 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 ma, ma, Marissa. ma, Mama, ma, ma, Marissa
5: god i um i tell you what
6: i've never been more excited about a new alarm clock ringtone in my life You guys, that just
0: made me wee so hard. I got a COVID cough. <laughs> okay, so Marissa, that's your theme song whenever you come on. It's Mama Mama ma, Marissa. And um, if you want it, really dig it on those lyrics. It does say, "Stick a windy in your butt, lube it up, get it in." I'm gonna make that baby toot every time for the win. I mean, Jim Lanahan wrote those lyrics, so you know. That's okay. Amazing. So a fun fact about Marissa and her husband is that I introduced him, which means I co-own half of the baby that they (laughs) made together. Because technically like Marissa owes me half of the child and Kurt owes me half of the child. So like if you add it all together, basically it's my baby. So uh, long story short, Marissa is the one who told me about the windy. You guys might remember we talked about the windy a few weeks ago and a few quotes just to help us reset. Windy is a three inch tube made of soft BPA free plastic. It's basically a fart catheter or as some like to call it a butt trumpet. When used properly it's almost guaranteed to leave you with a much happier baby, as long as you're comfortable putting something up your baby's ass. So, Maris, <laughs> how is it going with the windy? Is it working?
6: Uh, you know, here's the sad part. We probably only did it two or three times. And then it just, I was so disappointed in the lack of whistle coming out of my son's butt (laughs) that like it didn't work. And I was so disappointed. I was like, there's nothing more in this world than I wanted than a little toot whistle coming out of my son. And I didn't get it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I did it wrong. I don't know. I mean, what's harder than putting some lube on a piece of plastic to shove up there i mean it's not that hard i never have so, trouble
0: with that activity uh, i, I usually say i've it. never tried I knew it that but was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so but for two or three times did the toots come out or was it just a complete failure no
6: i think it was a, i think he was having other issues like i just think he was just a baby because you know that happens when they're babies they're just babies and so he was acting um he was acting like he was annoyed, but then we tried it, and then you know he kind of got this look on his face, like, "Well, that feels a little interesting." And I was like, "There we go again." <laughs> and <laughs> um, But yeah, no, it didn't produce any any toot whistles, and I was so I was so incredibly disappointed.
2: Hmm. Um, I know, is, I know, I know. Marissa, does it have? Is there a whistle device on the end of it? Like so yeah the, it's like it, it's supposed you know, to I, whistle like to to let you know that he farted or something like that yeah
6: i think so that's what they say like you hear <laughs> but like a higher pitch one than that um yeah The like a slide whistle kind of. yeah because it says in the directions like anticipate <laughs> hearing this whistle and so we were like nothing And I have so sadly, I have so many of them because my sister had given them to me. One of the many, many things that she has um, gave to me after um, having her own daughter. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. Like, this is one of those weird things, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And I was, but I have so many, she had so many. So if I, if you guys want each one, I'm happy to like, you know what? I need to go to the post office anyway. So I should just ship you all. (laughs) your own personalized Wendy's and try them in yourself. If you have a show with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, everyone has one in the show and it's a no, matter listen. of who can keep it in the longest. <laughs> I think
3: some of us will really enjoy that. Yeah, well, I
0: have, I have no problem with that challenge. I also want to say mm-hmm. that Earlier this week, I did shove one of those large boba tea straws <laughs> up my butt, and I found I was able to whistle the Star-Spangled Banner out of my ass. It was like. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I'm endlessly obsessed with the Windy, and then the Windy has a sister product that helps empty the nose of Bookers, right? Yes. And the mother uses her mouth to suction it out, much like I would suction an iced coffee out of a store. Hold on. Is oh. that
6: is that what the instructions say is the mother? Please tell me now. I think actually, John, you read about it, right? A couple but does it say ago. specifically the mother or use are you I'm sorry are you saying that I might have I thought you gendered
0: were... to it what did oh, it okay. say John was it very was it um inappropriately gendering the parent
6: no I think it just said parent oh parent okay good because mm-hmm. I was like um I actually nine times out of ten make my husband do that one <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. I can't do it. like it still bothers me
0: Kurt sucks the boogers up through the thingy wait it's so but what keeps you from getting a mouthful of burger boogers
6: okay so there is there are fail-safe mechanisms within this tube that prevent that you from ingesting the actual booger um and the tube is is long enough that like you would have to be like a porn star to really suck that shit like at the very end of it like (laughs) it would take a lot. Um, And so, and then there's a filter too, so that it can like the big boogies can hit the filter. And then you're supposed to change the filter every once in a while. We actually have two different models. I'm not kidding.
0: Is that product called the Sucky with an I?
6: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the original. It's called Nose Frida. And then we have another brand. Yeah. Oh,
0: when I was little, my mom had a giant thing that looked like a turkey baster that she just Mm -hmm. shoved up there, suctioned everything out. And like, it's terrifying. It's terrible. I don't want a turkey, but get that turkey baster away from me. Don't put it near any of my holes. Thank you. Um, Okay, Marissa, tell us other things we don't know about being a mother, because none of the hosts are um, parents. Except for Scott, has some steps, but he didn't push them out of his.
2: No, vagina I never area. had to clean anybody's nostrils or stick yeah. anything up their asses. Mm-hmm. Their like,
0: knees. tell us about your nipples and your vagina.
6: <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, absolutely. And oh. Just- You know, sadly Jim knows me too well that he knows that I'm totally comfortable talking about all of this, um, which is probably why he told me to come on here. So um, I was very fortunate. I did not, I had to have a C-section because my child was giant. Um, For a first baby, he was nine pounds, three ounces, which is pretty big.
2: Yeah. Holy cow.
6: Yeah. And I remember I was in our, probably 19 of labor. Um, I had had a second epidural, and I'd been pushing. And then after four hours of pushing, she was like, okay, so this isn't working. I'm like, you think you think this isn't working? You don't think that I know that? Like, so she's finally just like, I just, at this point, if we get his head out, I'm afraid his shoulders will get caught. I'm like, shoulders are gonna get caught? <laughs> oh, wow, my vagina. Like, and I was like, <laughs> you can cut me open. And so they were like, all right. And within, that was the craziest thing is that within a matter of like 10 minutes, we were in the OR suite. Like once you make that decision, it's like instantaneous because they don't want the baby in distress.
2: right?
0: And well, it
6: happens well. really quickly.
0: Don't a lot of mothers, like after a lot of kids or maybe just because they're older, have something called vaginal rejuve to tighten it all back up?
6: Oh, yeah. There's totally a thing called the husband stitch where doctors, if you've tore, um, which I, if I was able to get, I would have, I would have tore right through everything. Um, so, but they do. It's called the husband stitch where they put another extra stitch in there to make you a little bit tight.
2: Oh, my God. Oh my
6: goodness!
0: Maybe that's what yeah. I have you guys. Cause you know, based on feedback anyway. So, and then what about, <laughs> so your, your vagina's in really good shape, which is great.
6: Yeah. It's intact, all. which, yeah, but I will say that, you know, I was a big, a lot of women are like, Oh, I'm just going to have a C-section. And I, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to pass judgment, but that was never my plan. I was like, I'm going to try my hardest. It's major surgery. It's a bitch yeah. to recover from. Mm-hmm. Um, and all doing that while trying to care for a baby? Like, no, I don't want that. But when you are, like, in the grits of it and you're just exhausted because you haven't sleep, slept or ate for 24 hours, you're just like, yeah, I give up. So um, my, my, my pussy is intact, and my husband is very excited about that. I'm very excited about it. Um, Marissa, so, yeah. did
2: they cut right through your... Um Basically, through your uh, ab muscles, right? To get in there. Yeah. And so that's, that's what that's the recovery the, is. It's a bitch because they basically cut your abs in half as they get in there. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And it's so, it's for me and most like it's just below the pubic hairline. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to shave you. And so, of course, they're doing this. And I'm like, oh my God, my ingrown hair is going to be awful. <laughs> it's all I can focus on like not the fact that they were going to rip my baby out of me but I was like oh the ingrown hair is god mm-hmm. um and so uh but it's crazy because I so I had one sister um that had a vaginal delivery and another sister that had a c-section and well two c-sections and so I kind of knew a little bit about both and what to expect and you know my mom having having had three girls and so I felt pretty prepared and The one thing, there were two things with the whole situation that I was not prepared for. When you, I don't know if this is just the anesthesia level that they give you during the C-section or if it's all anesthesia, but most people are out and they don't realize it. I was violently shaking for two hours. And I now um, have heard of this and I, I actually heard about it again on Amy Schumer's um, documentary on HBO Max that she did about her own childbirth. And it's just, it was the weirdest thing. Like I was violently shaking to the point that I couldn't enjoy my newborn that was like in front of me because I, I couldn't stop shaking. And it was, my muscles started to seize. It was the creepiest, weirdest thing in the world. Um, wow. And yeah, that was that was super weird. And then I still have a lot of numbness. Like I don't feel much in that area where they made the incision,
2: Your which vagina? I kind of knew. Your vagina is numb. No,
6: no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Thank God, that still has a lot of feeling. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> I know. I know, Jim's very excited about that because, you know. I
0: was worried about it because when I heard that you were having some issues with like the nerves coming back from the incision, all I could think about was the great Aaron Neville. And you don't feel much, <laughs> but I feel numbness. So I was worried about your vagina area because, <laughs> you know, I know you and Kurt plan to use the vagina again one day, so. Yeah,
6: you know. absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, God willing
6: yeah
0: how are the nips doing marissa how's the nipple health
6: all right so um that well i mean that's that's like an uh peeling an onion with me to be honest is my nipples um so many ways theoretically and physically because they do shed um at some point and become like a different they become so many various colors when you're pregnant that's the weird thing like they get really 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 dark um at the end of your pregnancy and then as you're trying to breastfeed, they get really, really, really light. And most of that time, it's because they're raw and bleeding. Um, I, I only lasted three weeks breastfeeding. Um, so various different reasons. Um, you know, my, my son had a, had a tongue tie. And uh, I just wasn't producing a lot of milk. And so I just made the decision for myself mentally that I just was like, you know what? This isn't worth it. Um, so I, I only lasted about three weeks with that, but it still wrecked my boobs. I was like, really? I only did this for three weeks and they're still wrecked. Like, oh, it's not, it's so mean. It's like, after all of that, you're like, really? Like, mm.
0: <clears throat> I just have to say everybody on the zoom call, look at horror, how horrified Christine is right now at all of this. <laughs> She's <laughs> like this, <laughs> what's happening Christine, you're literally describing christine's worst fear pushing a baby out of her vagina and having it suck on her nipples i mean even for three days forget three three weeks you're like a hero yeah
6: it's a weird th- it's it's very weird i you know and i i thought that i would i would like stick with it i thought you know i was gonna be like devout it was important to me Oh man, it is hard. Like, and that's one of the, the, one of the many, many crazy things that is still not talked about, about childbirth and pregnancy and all this, it's still so mysterious and it's bizarre that it's mysterious. but breastfeeding is like one of those, like very touchy subjects for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, but it, it is, it's hard. And, you know, I just, it wasn't, um, it wasn't worth it to me. I have, um, my glasses keep fogging up. Um, guys are making me hot. Uh, <laughs> I have
0: that impact on ladies. You do, yes,
6: you do. Hot and moist, Jim. Hot and moist. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so um, yeah. So I just, I was like, I, I knew, I, I knew that I didn't want to go down that path of postpartum depression, and then that, and that's where I was headed. And I was like, you know what? I'm picking my battles here. And so I gave up and I um, spent, well, I shouldn't say I, my mommy bought me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, the uh, baby formula Keurig. So it's essentially um, a formula Keurig that you put formula in and water and it makes the perfect bottle in like two seconds. It is so cool.
0: Can that Keurig also make a pumpkin coffee asking for a friend?
6: So, yeah, you can add vanilla syrup to it. <laughs> we typically just add bourbon syrup. We just typically just add the bourbon street in there. He likes
0: a double shot of espresso <laughs> and a shot
2: of bourbon. He Here's is is calling
3: us. the police.
2: <laughs> there is a difference uh, uh, between um, being with a woman who has uh breastfed as opposed to being with a woman who has not breastfed in the uh when you're oh in my. a sexual situation you can tell the difference you can the nipples are different texture for sure. Yeah. They're what? Much, what? yeah <laughs>
0: Bribe the texture yeah
2: there is like what do you mean they go they turn into innies like what do no, you no, they they, about? they get um you know they get like um
4: calloused God, like-
2: calloused yeah like hard and uh leathery kind of <laughs> but isn't that a good thing it's not bad at all I don't mind it at all it's, uh, it's
6: so mine's the opposite of that actually really mine's yours got lot. more mine-
2: got softer
6: mine got like, softer yeah
2: yeah mm-hmm. most of the, most of the time when I was with if I would be with somebody who hadn't had children their nipples would be softer
6: mm-hmm.
2: and and when I'm when with somebody who had had children they've they're much harder leathery well, and like, yeah, and they, they stick out with it. They stick out hard. They stick out like, like they have, they rarely, they're always erect. So that's pretty
6: cool. Yeah. Too well and Jim anything (laughs) Jim was like I'm sorry look at
2: Jim's face you're
0: you know you're just keeping them well hydrated I don't know I'm just trying to get off the topic of Scott and those nipples and I'm just failing miserably okay so (laughs) my gosh okay just contributing
2: uh, Jim I'm just contributing from the (laughs) other side (laughs) you know (laughs)
4: <laughs> Does anybody have... have
2: go ahead, Christine?
4: I was just gonna say all I can picture now is Scott like at some like young single mother's support group, just <laughs> working his way like, around the what i think. to get access <laughs> to those breastfeeding nipples. Yeah,
0: I just pictured Scott at the fair, like with all the udders around him, just big hard, full udder nipples. Uh. <laughs> Um, okay, and now I think for what could possibly be the best moment of our first meeting with Mama Mama Marissa. Dr. John, do you have any hard-hitting, riveting questions about childbirth or nipples or vaginas? Is everything okay, John?
3: You know, actually. Oh, oh, no, I was going to say, actually, I do. Well, I wouldn't say I have a question, but I was going to say I actually wanted to uh, co-sign what you were saying about the whole thing. A friend of mine, when she had her daughter, kind of went through the same thing, and I remember being in the room with her And for maybe the first few hours, she was trying to get her daughter to latch. She wouldn't latch. And I learned a couple of weeks later that my friend ended up giving up on it. She was like, nope, I just bottle feed her. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what happened? And she was like, I just couldn't do it. She just, and she was explaining to me um, how complicated that was. And they were also talking about it too on that uh, show Smothered on TLC. There was one of the women on that show who had a baby. And the woman who came in was trying to explain to the mother um what that's about and how what it does to a mother's psyche etc cetera, etc cetera. so mm-hmm. um not necessarily a question but I just wanted to validate that I do believe that to be true and I, I I understand how um impactful it is because my friend basically walked me through the whole process with her and her daughter
6: you know and it's crazy because like going going back to it there's like the things that they do, you know, we, we did the lactation consultant. She was like, okay, so I want you to go to Target and get nipple shields. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And it's essentially a condom type thing that you put on your nipple that extends your nipple and adheres to your, like it just adheres to your skin. And then it's like this plastic nipple shield that you have to put to, so that the baby can latch better. Now, you tell me who can do that with a baby that's losing its shit because it's crying and hungry, and then you're trying to get this on the emotional like it was awful. I was like i'm not I'm not doing this. This is crazy." And yes, we could have they they did say that we could get his tongue snipped. um, I couldn't do it. I had just had his foreskin cut off. I was like, "No, I can't do that to the little guy. His
3: tongue snipped. Wait what?
6: yeah, thats so that's a thing um so the little under thing of your tongue um on a lot of babies yep uh-uh, oh, it's
0: called a tongue tie that little piece of skin
6: mm-hmm. ouch and his his is just a little too tight uh, okay speaking okay. of yeah that's weird um <laughs> and so yeah you can get it you can get it clipped so that they're able to latch and that. Um and I know lots of people that have had it done and and it's they say that you Does it, it
2: mess with it's, their it's, speech later on in life or anything or does it grow back? Um, having
6: having the actual tongue tie could impact his speech actually. So yeah. the fact that we kept it intact could could impact his speech. No um kidding. but wow Yeah. But I just I couldn't do it and I was like I was wondering if you could this is see got my husband's most educational me in
5: mm-hmm. uh, it, podcast it, yet. I
0: learned
2: so much about yeah.
0: the tongue ties. This is a true story. When I was in my 20s, I went to a new dentist in New York City. And I had a hygienist her name was Annie and she was amazing and this dentist was really cool. I was referred there by my boss and all the Broadway people went there. So like P.S. in the waiting room was Bernadette Peters when I was waiting to go in. So I was already like, this is my favorite dentist. (laughs) I'm in the chair and Annie comes in and she's like, my name is Annie. I'm a hygienist. And she was like, are you family? And I was like, by the way, when someone says, are you family? And it's Mm. 1998, that's code Mm. for, are you LBGTQIA? I I don't like it, but yeah. Well, in nine. 98 was a 22 years ago. It was a different time. So mm. I was like, why, yes, I am. And she said, I live with my wife in Brooklyn. Let's have a look in your mouth. So she goes in <laughs> and she said, well, Jim, you have quite the tongue tie. And I said, why, thank you. Like I didn't know if that was good <laughs> or bad. I, I just saw Bernadette Peters, So I was feeling good about everything. And she said, Now, there is a doctor across the way that will snip that for you. Your insurance will cover it. What is your deductible? And I said, $500. She said, well, it's February. So you're going to have to pay $500. But when you get your tongue tie snipped, it's going to make your sex life much more fulfilling. And I was like, what? And she went like this. Your tongue's going to go all the way down below your chin, Jim. Fulfilling. (gasps) Annie, I just met you. Oh my God. uh, True story. So, like a Gene Simmons kind of
3: action situation.
0: Uh huh. That's
3: why people do it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. As adults, you know. But I'm not thinking your baby needed a fulfilling sex life. So, I think you were probably smart to keep the tie.
6: No. However, asked me if he told me that story shortly after telling him that my t- my son had a tongue tie. he's like well you know and i'm like thank you jim you know what i might want to reconsider that in case he wants to give yeah. really good head when he's older <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or,
0: you know, lick a butt, <laughs> lick a woo-woo, you know what I mean? Whatever he's into. I, I <laughs> listen, I don't have a problem if your son's heterosexual, Marissa. I'm fine <laughs> with that as long as he doesn't flaunt his heterosexuality in my face all the time. <laughs> um, all
1: I, right. had, I had mine clipped when I had braces as a teenager. I had this. Really? And this one, yeah, to the bottom and the top, because they felt that the muscles were, so I only had muscle, I mean, I only had braces at the top, but they felt that the strength of that muscle would really- Well, PSL
0: did give me the best cunnilingus of my adult life. (sighs) Scott, get in the last question, then we have to let Marissa go to bed. She has to get up in about 42 minutes for work at her fancy day job.
2: Wow, was the circumcision uh, religious or was it uh, just because?
6: Just because, yeah, we, and that was the other thing. It was like, you know, if that's another hot topic, um, yeah. we did it just because, you know, um, I think for cleanliness is I think mm-hmm. basically the only reason that you cite anymore for, for doing it. Um, so we, yeah, we just did it for, you know.
2: Right. Okay. That's what I was wondering.
0: Do you know, I never saw an uncut pain until I moved to New York city. It's very regional as well. I think. <laughs>
2: Well, I think at our age, Jimmy, they just did it to everybody. I think it was just, I think, thing. yeah. Like when we were born, it was just clipped and that's it. Mm-hmm. Move on. Yeah. And I think it, as it got older, it was like, it's not that hard to clean. Just pull it back, wipe it yeah. off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pull that thing down, flip it and reverse it,
0: you know? Yeah.
6: No, I was just going to say that that was just, I I didn't care. So I was, that was one of the things that I punched to my husband. I was like, if you have strong feelings, either or, I will do you.
2: Mm -hmm. They say the pleasure though, if you have an uncut uh, peen is much better than if you have a cut peen. That's what I've heard.
6: I feel bad that I've deprived him of that sexual pleasure. That extra foreskin
2: really adds. I know.
6: uh, Well, and I now wouldn't. that I didn't clip his tongue tie, I've just, I've...
2: You have ruined this boy's sexual I life. I've
6: ruined him. Talk <laughs> <laughs> blocking him. He's not even one. Let me tell you, if that's... That's the that least of the things that I'm going to corrupt that baby on. <laughs> My mother keeps having a conniption fit because she is convinced that his first word is going to be the F word. I swear, Marissa, if his first word is fuck, I'm like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about, mom. <laughs> that's
0: fine I'd be proud of him
6: it would be the highlight of my life sadly
0: <laughs> I love you Marissa you're welcome on the podcast anytime thanks for the insight whatever mothering topic we're going to go right to Ma Ma Ma, ma Marissa we're yes. going to get the answer um, because really if so as we've learned today Marissa is our insider into the world of first class parenting techniques <laughs> <laughs> our gateway into the underbelly of innovative baby products um, <laughs> she's also our first call by the way if we run out of liquor or marijuana she's <laughs> with that uh,
6: <laughs> my husband has a prescription mm-hmm.
0: yes oh yeah. yes everything on the up and up okay yes. so we love you marissa and you guys will be right back after this commercial Put a windy in your butt, lube it up, stick it in. I'm gonna make this baby fart every time for the win. Ma, 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 ma. ma, 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 ma Marissa. Ma ma, 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 Marissa. Christine, did you know that Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast is sponsored by Jim Lanahan on Cameo? No way. I love Cameo. I know. And if you go to Cameo and search for Jim Lanahan, you can order a personalized message from Jim Lanahan and all proceeds go directly back to supporting this podcast. That helps us keep the podcast for fun and for free. Oh my
3: God, I love free things.
0: I know, right? I mean, I guess people could simply just Venmo us cash, but isn't it more fun to have Jim Lanahan send you a message that tells you, you know what, happy anniversary, and your new wife is a total hag.
3: Way more fun and passive-aggressive, which is just my style.
0: Girl, I know how you do. Also, every cameo order not only includes a personalized video from Jim Lanahan, but also grants you admission to our live studio audience. That means you get to watch us record the podcast and see all the content that doesn't make it into the final version. That makes you what we call a jim lanahan and friend with benefits so go to cameo.com today and search for jim lanahan to get your personalized message and support this podcast that's cameo.com search jim lanahan is a pisser right she's so much fun she's great yeah so if you have any questions about vaginas or nipples or you know babies or any of that i mean she's your go-to she has all the answers and she's
2: an expert so i love that we're compiling experts That's mm-hmm. very cool
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wait till we have the drag queen expert on. She's hilarious. And I also have a stable of psychics on standby. True story. So we'll have, I'm actually thinking. Yeah. I mean, one day maybe we'll have like psychic roundup and we'll each get a reading from a different psychic. (laughs) I have psychics in my life and mediums and medical intuitives. So we're going to have a whole extended network of, of experts and friends. Um, So, listen, I'm going to jump right into it because we have some good topics. Let's go to the Basic Bitch Report.
1: I'm a basic bitch. I'm a basic bitch. Every day I walk
4: this way sipping pumpkin spice latte. I'm a basic bitch. I'm a basic bitch. Every day I walk this way sipping pumpkin spice latte.
0: Christine, what makes you basic this week?
4: Well, I was initially going to talk about something completely different, but, uh, I don't know. I'm still a little traumatized by the whole childhood talk. And so I (laughs) want, I wanted to talk about that a little bit more. I mean, I know obviously, uh, you gentlemen wouldn't have the same experience that I did, but I have never in my entire life once had even the slightest inkling or desire to have children. Like, and I've been told my entire life that, oh, you'll meet somebody and it'll change. And, you know, you feel that way now, but just wait till you're older. And like, so I lived in fear of like this switch being turned on suddenly where I would suddenly have this desire to have children. Thank God it never did. But I don't know. It just seems like such a foreign desire. I I, I don't understand it at all. And so I guess I would just love to hear from a guy's per sex perspective, if any of you have had that or have it, or
0: well, I keep trying to get pregnant,
4: <laughs> I know,
0: and multiple men have tried to put a baby in me, but it never takes.
4: Oh, god, thank god, you're blessed.
0: <clears throat> Maybe I'm barren. <laughs> Uh, no, people keep saying, Jim Lanahan, you would make a good dad. And I think that's true, but
4: I don't have an urge to have children.
0: Mm, Same.
4: Same. I get the same thing. Like you, oh, you'd be such a great mom. And I'm like, I'm, I'd be a a great like aunt. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I'd be great in bursts. But I think if I had to deal with that all the time, I would be a terrible parent.
2: I never, uh, I never wanted children my whole life. I've never had the desire to procreate um and then you know of course i meet a woman who's got two kids so
4: did you all of a enjoy, sudden
2: i'm a dad
4: was that was that previously to dating her did you date other women who had children was that, no, that you?
2: never Marsha's the first person i've ever dated who has who has had children and she uh she told me on our first date she was like by the way i have two kids i was like oh
4: okay okay so, yeah, I don't. I don't know that. I mean, maybe this. Maybe this could change, but I. I doubt it. I just can't imagine. For me, I think I don't think I could date someone that had kids, even if they were grown at this point. <laughs> and I don't know why that is. I just.
2: Well, I do have I, to tell you this. It's the best. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. in my life, ful- fulfillment-wise. It has made yeah. me a much better man. It's made me a much better. Person, and it's made me much more um, uh, not focused on myself. Like things become bigger than your own, you know. But it was a complete shock. Yeah, and man. i never had to deal with babies so that's a big difference too so that's maybe maybe that's why i like it so much yeah. i never had to stick anything up anybody's ass
3: yeah <laughs> you got the you got yeah. the better part of it i don't exactly. know for me i personally have I've, so my husband is adamant on not wanting children at all. Um, I like the idea of children. However, being that I grew up so quickly in my own personal life, um, I know what it's, I, I don't know, I just felt like I've always kind of watched people have children and I felt like they've become miserable. And that's something I didn't want to happen to me. I mean, just being honest, I have friends who have yeah. children and they they seem to be absolutely miserable. Um, and, you know, they can't afford them. Their life is wrapped around the child. They can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. And me and my husband love the idea of being able to just pick up and go whenever we want to go. And I I, I don't know if my life would be able to be that way if we had or adopted or if we have children. So I'm just fortunate. I guess for me, I've reveled in the fact I have a best friend with a daughter who's seven. Um, My sister has a daughter who is going on 10. My brother just had his baby who's about to turn two tomorrow. Shout out to my brother. Um, So I'm just very fortunate to have enough children around me that I don't have to worry about having my I own children if that makes sense
2: plus you can always just give them back when you're done with them which is that perfect. is the best part people are, your
3: house will be so much fuller with pitter pat around no i don't want any noise in my house after 9 30 period
4: <laughs> that is really funny period yeah, I, feel <laughs> I feel bad too because you know so many of my friends have had children um and It really does. I mean, it changes your relationship for sure, and part of it does make me a little bit sad when some of my friends have like decided to have kids, and it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess, I guess that was fun while it lasted.
0: (laughs) I will say, like, there's that moment when your friends start dating somebody and it becomes serious, or they have kids, and it's like, okay, friendships are over now. Mm -hmm. I'll see you again (laughs) in eighteen years. You Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, and
4: I'm, I feel like a bad friend too because it's like I'm not the friend that's like gonna remember your child's birthday and like shower it with gifts <laughs> and wanna come to the birthday parties. And I and I know that probably I'm sure that's probably hurt a lot of my friends' feelings. But I'm like, I don't. Yeah, like I, it's not, not for me. If you have a cat, though, I will be there in like a half an hour with with treats.
3: Uh, same. I love <laughs> yeah. cat birthdays. They are the best.
4: All
0: right, well, we're all horrible people. Thanks for being. Bringing- <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes me basic. <laughs> okay, Basically. let's move horrible. right into Ask a White Person.
2: Yo, I'm a white boy, Bianch, making Danny and Tanner proud. I'm a white boy, I'm moderately in doubt. I put the cock and calcation when I'm shaking my bacon, all the shorties they can around. White
0: boy, biatch. How do y'all like me now? Yo, 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 John, what do you <laughs> ask us today?
3: So- So I originally had a question and then I started thinking a little bit more and I was like, you know what? I really want to ask this question based off of the conversation we had last week on our podcast about the joy that has been given to both of us because we both enjoy it. Um, So I know that you are a lover of pumpkin spice and so am I. True. Um, I don't know how much pumpkin spice you love, but I know that I really enjoy a lot of the pumpkin spice endeavors. I enjoy the pumpkin loaf from Starbucks. I enjoy yes. the pumpkin spice latte, specifically a pumpkin yes. spice chai latte with yes. an ad shot um, and uh, yeah, and with and whipped cream. That's definitely my jam. Yes. Um, but I wanted to ask this question because I think it's very interesting, considering that we just had a section called the Basic Bitch Report. I want to know why white women enjoy autumn so much. Why is it that white women? <laughs> enjoy autumn? What is it about the leaves? What is it about the coffee? What is it about pumpkins? What is it about um, just everything related to autumn? Why do white women enjoy autumn?
0: Well, as a white lady of size, I like an option to layer an outfit. You know what I mean? I want to wear a turtleneck which helps me feel secure in my double chin region. I want to wear over the top of that, maybe a sensible jean jacket, which then (laughs) helps me frame my bosom area and gives me a longer line. Why not into a pleather skirt just above the knee because don't you dare look at my hips. Mm -hmm. Into a boot. Like, I enjoy the clothing and the color palette of autumn. I always have. And it's one of the things, like, you know, truth be told, now that I'm in L.A., I actually miss the seasons. Not because I miss the seasons. I miss apple cider donuts. I miss picking apples at the orchard. And I miss dressing for winter because I just wear shorts and Birkenstocks every day of my life here.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Christine, why do you love autumn? Well,
4: it, I, I mean, I I feel like I'm being educated. I didn't realize loving autumn was a white white lady thing, but uh, I do love autumn. It is my favorite season, so it checks with your theory. Um, for me, I love Halloween. It is my all-time favorite holiday. I love everything about it. I love haunted houses. I love, yeah, everything. So that's the time of year. I get the most excited, and it's also the time of year I personally feel the best. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just, I've, where I feel like some people get invigorated by spring, I get invigorated by autumn. And then mm. I also do love the clothing, and the colors, and the food, and the leaves, and the smells, and yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And other white people, of course. I just love doing fall activities with other white ladies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm not a white lady, but I do enjoy autumn And it's one, like you said, Jimmy It's one of the things I miss most about New York City mm. There's something really magical about autumn in New York City Like between September and the end of November It's just, you know, it's not humid anymore the, the, it's a, There's always a nice breeze It's just, a, you walk through the park It's just gorgeous And And then it gets really nasty and cold and wet and snowy. But there is that window in New York City in autumn. I think it's It's an energy
0: thing, Scott. Yeah, I think you hit on it because, you know, in in Manhattan, everybody's rushing out to their lake house in Jersey or they're going to the Hamptons for the summer or Fire Mm -hmm. Island. But come Labor Day, like next week, and it's probably different this year because of COVID, but starting next week, the kids are back in school the city fills back up and the energy level explodes and yeah. it's like okay now we're full force New York City schlep until we all leave again at New Year's And, right. uh, and the fashion. But,
2: but the weather is perfect as well yeah. like the, you know that's everybody's back and everybody's happy as opposed to like trudging through a, a single trail on the sidewalk through the oh. snow like behind each other you know
0: I do not it's, miss it's, New York winters for no. sure Not at all. Um, What I find interesting, John, is how Starbucks almost single-handedly created a food trend with the PSL. That's so insane when you think about it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I do want to say, though... I now, this is a little off topic, but thanks for indulging me. My name's in the title of the show. Um, (laughs) I wanted to let you all know that I've now had all the PSLs. I've had the Starbucks this week. Mm -hmm. I had the Dunkin' Donuts this week. I had a late entry, the McDonald's pumpkin (laughs) product.
3: Well, I saw that today, and I wanted to know...
0: Is it does it stand up? Does it stand up to the others? I'm prepared to rank them. Here goes number one, I'm going to give it to the classic Starbucks pumpkin sauce. It is the gold standard. It's the right sweetness. It's the right amount of nutmegginess. It's got a hint of cinnamon. It's everything. And to be honest, the way they've calculated the pumps of that sauce to the milk, to the espresso, and then that sprinkle, that dusting is is just perfect. Okay. But the Dunkin' this year took a giant step forward. They made theirs less sweet and more authentic pumpkin-y flavor. It's basically identical to Starbucks now. When I was drinking it, I was like, this tastes like Starbucks. (sighs) McDonald's was a real disappointment. It tasted fake. It tasted like they melted down a pumpkin candle and shoved it in and <laughs> like it was just I was like this doesn't even make me feel like I'm having a pumpkin product. Oh. Mm. So I would I would forego that and it makes me sad because the sugar-free vanilla coffee at McDonald's is one of my favorite treats.
3: She is that girl.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, um, but I recommend everybody run to Dunkin' and try the new pumpkin and then get that donut, get that muffin, you get those apple cider, because even the apple cider, Christine, by the way, it's really good, and you and I are apple cider donut experts. Yeah. It's good, it's really good. Does Starbucks
4: have a good, I don't know of a place to get a really good, because I don't drink coffee, a really good cider. Like a hot cider.
0: But of course, Christine, of course. So they have, um, I mean, I worked at a Starbucks in grad school. So I'll tell you, it's apple juice. It's not Mm -hmm. real cider, but you take the apple juice, you heat it up in the steamer the same way you would the milk. And then it's a whole situation. Wait, how do you make it, John? Oh, you put in the cinnamon syrup. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. the apple juice sure you it heat it up and then you serve it with whipped cream and Whip a little cream. sprinkle of that dusting that nutmegy dusting 180
4: degrees
0: that's right mm-hmm. okay. it's good christine you would like it yeah
4: i do love a cider so.
0: mm-hmm. I know. it's very
3: tasty
4: mm-hmm. all right um
0: I don't think we really got to the bottom of why white people like autumn so much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously because of pumpkin spice products, apparently.
4: As a a black man, what don't you like about autumn? Or do you like autumn?
3: I enjoy, I do enjoy autumn. I just, I, so what what sparked this question for me is I once in my heyday of working in higher education had a student who was the quintessential young white lady who loved autumn Mm -hmm. and the way that every time like September-ish, October, early November rolled around, I would just see her light up in a very interesting way. And I just never understood it. I don't know if it's because, um, you're going to say that I'm being very dark now, but I don't know, maybe because I'm always thinking about getting shot that I don't know if every single, if, 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 you know, I don't really have a favorite season because I'm just trying to survive each one of them. Um, But I know that specifically um, there is just a way that certain white women specifically karen's i mean becky sometimes she gets excited but there's a specific way that karen gets excited um even sometimes barbara i see barbara light up a little of a way um and i I just i i've always i've always wondered what it is about autumn that makes karen and barbara so excited
4: well considering that autumn too is one of the like you know sacred times of the year for for wiccans Maybe it has something to do with like a an, an old Wiccan tradition. That, Witch! Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're all, we're all witches and, and, mm-hmm. and don't realize it and we're just lit up. Well, you know,
3: yeah, the way that the life has been set up recently, um, <laughs> we won't go there. Um,
0: you know, you for- I will say this though. You, you all remind me of when I worked at a temp job downtown uh, at World Trade Center back in the day before 9-11, obviously, there was a woman there named Canary, spelled with a Q and lots of E's and like three R's. (laughs) And she was a 7,000 pound Black woman who rode the train in every day from the Bronx. And if I don't have, I don't have to tell you this, but I'll just say it. I used to time my lunches When I saw Canary go in the lunchroom, I was like, lunchtime, because I was obsessed with her. And I will never forget Canary, when it got to be fall, she told me that it was her favorite time of year because she didn't find sweat in between her skin folds. So like, cause there's nothing worse than a New York city subway on a hot summer day. You're coming in on that D train from the Mm. Bronx, bless your heart. You are literally a small child's waiting pool by the time you get downtown. (laughs) So I, and she would, she did it up in the most elaborate amazing sweaters and like, stockings and skirts and boots. She was amazing. I loved her. But, um, yeah, so I also want to speak on behalf of large people. My nooks and crannies prefer a colder temperature. Tea. Mm-hmm. tea. <laughs>
2: Very much tea. Well, you know, there, there's that, you know, Marcia and I are constantly fighting about the temperature of the inside of the house because... You know she's she's from the Caribbean, so she likes it eighty degrees in the house. And uh, you know, I feel like I'm about to drop dead, so I'm always mm-hmm. putting the air conditioner on. And she's skinny, and she's skinny, and I don't maybe, trust
0: skinny people. No. <laughs> maybe
2: there's something to that temperature thing that in, invigorates the white people because they're tired of being hot all summer.
0: <laughs> By the way, one time at lunch, canary, because her tits were just—I mean, she had to have been like a. Like a her measurement was probably like a seventy eight, and her cup size had to be like a triple M. I mean, I've oh never seen gosh. anything like it. She one time put her entire lunch tote, the bag, the thermal bag that had two pieces of Tupperware inside of it. She put it under her left hip and walked back to her office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why? Uh, a- uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I miss Canary with a Q. All right, so- <laughs> Now it's time for a movie review with Scott Sheldon.
2: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all, all right, Okay, Scott,
0: what movie are we discussing this week?
2: Okay, well, we talked about it earlier about Chadwick Boseman, so last night I watched, uh, again, I've, I saw it in the theaters, but I watched uh, 42, which was, there's some, there's some really interesting things around Chadwick and 42 and everything that we've been talking about. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago when I did a sports report about Jackie Robinson and him and, and uh, the Negro Leagues. And you know, and then Chadwick played Jackie Robinson, and he passed away on Jackie Robinson's uh, birthday. So that was very interesting to me. So I watched it again, and his talent is just, just uh, uh, really insane. The guy had, the guy had the ability to play these strong, uh, powerful, like um, subtle uh characters you know and I, then i went and saw you know i didn't watch it but I, I thought of him playing thurgood marshall so not only did he play the first black man in the major leagues he played he played the first black man uh to sit on the supreme court then he played james brown you know who basically invented soul music you know and and, and then of course he played the king of wakanda and the black panther and and i just thought like this man had a gift of he was a legend so much by himself that he had the ability to play these legends of real life, like you know these people that had changed the world forever. Whenever they needed somebody with that kind of gravitas, they would go to Ch- you know Chadwick and say, "Hey, we need you to play Thurgood Marshall or something like that," and you know. I took his death pretty hard, he, he was a, and what surprises me the most, and you know, you guys, we've talked about me being a cancer survivor, that he had colon cancer for four years. In 2016, he was, he was diagnosed with colon cancer and he didn't tell anyone. And he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't promote it, he didn't put any PR on it, he didn't do anything. And and nobody knew. And he did all this amazing work, all this artistry, which if he had come out with and said he had colon cancer, they wouldn't let him have they would have not let him do it because they wouldn't have paid for the insurance to cover him during the film. So I was like, what kind of strength does that take? Because I only had, you know, I only had um cancer for like a year, and it was the it was terrible but to go through that for four years and do all that film is just so anyway i watched 42 he was brilliant he was jackie robinson and you know it's a it's a real loss i really i, I really took it hard this uh this 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 year or this week but it the was especially
0: thing. surprising because he didn't tell anybody he had cancer yeah it was so, it was so shocking that this this seemingly virile Strong superhero, forty-three-year-old. To in to us, it felt like he just dropped dead, you know. And that's what was extra shocking about it.
2: Yeah, and he, you know, he, the fact that even the fact that he was forty-three kind of blew my mind. I thought he was like early thirties. I had no idea he was in his forties. I thought he was a much younger man. So the, you know, just the strength to have to have that kind of stage four cancer going inside you and not sharing it with anyone or he shared it with a few people, I'm sure, but fighting that battle by yourself, just so you can continue to create your, you know, to create and, and follow your dreams. That was very, very telling about him. And now I see why he would be cast to play Jackie Robinson and why he would be cast to play Thurgood Marshall and, and folks like that. And Truly he
0: died amazing. on Jackie Robinson Day. Is that right? Yeah. What is yeah. Jackie Robinson Day? Is that Jackie's birthday?
2: No, it's a day that the major leagues celebrate. Um, it's I think it's, I think it's the first day he played in the major leagues or something like that. I'm not sure, but every team, every major league team in in the uh, the league, they all wear number 42 like everybody wears the same number because that's the number Jackie Robinson played and it's a trip war. And that's a, that's a tribute to Jackie Robinson, basically integrating major league baseball. And it's, mm. so it's a tribute to Jackie Robinson. And um I found it very interesting that the man who played him so well. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen the film, even, even it's if you're so not a amazing. baseball fan, it's, it's a brilliant film and he's so, I mean the the emotional levels he goes through in that film are just brilliant. Just brilliant. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And can I say something while we're on this topic? Mm-hmm. Um I've been seeing a rhetoric that's been flying across the social medias um about, you know, oh how, you know, brave he is for having cancer and giving us Black Panther and if, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to accomplish anything, we can we stop that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think that that's just something I want to put out there. Both I'm going to put out there on this, you know, on this podcast and any other conversations I'm having this week that um, equating someone's, you know, strength during a time mm. when they are falling apart does not equate to strength. Um, it also, it, it equates to the, the frustrations that we have with capitalism that someone can't rest <laughs> right. and get better, um, that they have to put out films um, even while they're dealing with cancer. So I just yeah. felt the need to say that.
2: No, you're right, John. I mean, literally, if somebody had said he, he, if it had come out that he had cancer the the studios would not have cast him. They wouldn't not have paid the money to cover his insurance during the shoot of the film and the, and his his career would have been over, which is just heartbreaking. you know, can you imagine that's just terrible. It's awful, but yeah, that's uh you know, and everybody battles cancer there in their own way. so. You know, it's a very individualistic type of thing. And, and anybody who does it is strong, no matter if they've told the whole world or they haven't told anyone, trust me, so.
0: I think Marvel has a real opportunity here when they recast Black Panther. Mm-hmm. The next movie's already written. Yeah. Um, I think they have a real opportunity here to make a statement. They could have a lady, Black Panther. They could have a non-traditional, you know, gender person play it. Like they could really go the distance. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that movie meant so much to people on yeah. a deeper level that the impact they could have, I, I hope they do seize that opportunity. Uh, yeah. The other thing I want to say is, is um, John, Scott, go have your colons checked for polyps because, you know, um someone in my life who shares a great deal of my DNA found out recently they have colon cancer. And, no. um, you know, it just was a reminder to me, like, I have to go have a colonoscopy. I'm 46 years old. Um, and a friend just told me two weeks ago, his dad had colon cancer. He went and got it. They found three polyps, the cancer cancerous kind. They took them out. So everybody use this as motivation to go. I've have never have had one. Yeah.
2: I've never had one. I should go.
0: I was going to
3: say, I had one two and a half, three years ago. Um, they were concerned with, because, um, so I have a, a lot of folks don't know this and I'm probably way over sharing. Alcohol makes me very sick. Um, and th- th- no one can seem to understand why. Um, and so that's the reason why I don't drink. Um, but one of the reasons I, I did have one, I think it was probably, it was either thirty two or 33 when I had one Um, and I seemed to be okay and they told me that I wouldn't be able to come back until I was about 37 to have another one Um, it's also frustrating and this is something I tweeted about yesterday that um, what a lot of folks are not talking about and I know we're probably going very long with this conversation but one of the things that I think is very important to highlight that Jim you have a very great point that I think specifically black men need to go to the doctor but we also need to have a real conversation about the way that um, racism lives in the medical world and how folks like myself who are a Black queer man um, has to fight with a doctor to get them to do certain things or to run certain tests. Um, And so I think that that's also something That we don't talk enough about are the ways that um, specifically Black cis men um, are afraid to go to the doctor because of the historical components related to racism in healthcare. So, um, yes, and uh, Jim, I think it's important to, yes, go to the doctor, get checked, but you sometimes also have to remind yourself to fight with your doctors to get them to do what you need them to do. And that means getting a colonoscopy, that means getting checked for your prostate, um, all of that. Because, I mean, I have to do that with my doctor. I tweeted, I said, it takes me almost, it takes me almost three months to actually see my doctor um, because she's so elusive and I don't know why. Um, And it's just, it's been an uphill climb with Kaiser, but I know a lot of it has And. No shade to Kaiser, but yeah, all shade to Kaiser. <laughs> um, I don't know why it seems to be so complicated for me to see my doctor, but um, it's been it's been an uphill climb. So,
0: well, John, my doctor who just left UCLA and went to Kaiser, she tried to put a finger in my ass every time I saw her for the last three years. So, if you want a prostate check, I know a lady, uh, and. But I I do agree to amplify what you said. Um, Advocacy is really important. I think um, whether you're a person of color, whether you are on the LGBTQIA+ plus spectrum, you need to find a doctor that you're comfortable with. So that lady who wanted to put the finger up my butt, I loved her because on the first meeting ever, she said, oh, you're on prep. I said, yes. And she went right in for this conversation well, how many sexual partners have you had in the past three months, the past six months? What kind of sex? And I was like, wow, I've never had a doctor ask me those questions so candidly. And I felt so comfortable. I answered them all honestly, which is something a lot of gays don't do. Mm. Honest with their doctors. So what I'm getting at is also fight for what you deserve in terms of routine checks But also, find the right doctor. It's so important because when you find the right person, you're going to tell them everything and they're going to tell you about you in a way that you're not Mm -hmm. expecting. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, the whole thing. The medical profession is really screwed, honestly. Mm -hmm. American, yeah. It's
4: it's awful. I used to work at a surgery center where 80 to 90% of the procedures we did were colonoscopies. And just the way the entire insurance is set up for it, if you go in, for preventative, it's covered. But if you go in for that and you say that you've had diarrhea or you've had anything or they find anything, it, switch, it switches it to diagnostic and then your insurance doesn't cover it. Mm. It's, it's such a racket.
0: I remember you had that job. And a little known yeah. fact is Christine has given me three colonoscopies over the years.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. he's got a gentle lunch break yeah he'd come in it's
0: nice you know what i'd like to thank you for those colonoscopies christine
4: jim you're welcome thank you
2: so anyway he was great in 42 and he was amazing and that's the end of the movie review long live chadwick boseman and god bless him for his talent
0: yes rest in power for sure thank Mm. you chadwick All right, and uh, now let's jump into our weekly commitment to taking a moment to celebrate the good in life. Um, My good news this week is actually a little bit personal. It's pretty exciting. My mother told me today that she signed up to be on the ballot for the resident council at her assisted living community. And when she told me this, I absolutely burst into tears. Um, It warmed my heart because It's one of the things that she would have done before her stroke. For many years in uh, my hometown where she lived, Round Lake, New York, my mother sat on the board of trustees for our local library. Uh, She was the president of the board several times over the course of, of 30 years. She was also the president and sat on WHIRLIS, which is the Women's Round Lake Improvement Society. She ran fundraisers for the village. She built community spaces for veterans. She built a reading room for children at the library. She started a read to a service dog program. My mom never stopped giving back to the community and she loved it. She had a strong sense of leadership and she was always very community minded and the reason that was such a big deal to me today when she told me she put her name on the ballot is because when she had her stroke back in january of 2017 my mom kind of disappeared uh i always tell my friends it was like my mom died a little bit i no longer had a mom uh the woman i knew was completely gone and there was the body left over with kind of the mindset of a child starting over and it was really frustrating and sad for me to watch that happen. Um, now I understand that it took all of her energy and her focus and her brain power to recover from the stroke and recreate the pathways from her brain to her muscles and rebuild her strength. Um, it was really devastating to watch, though. Every breakthrough, I cried, learning to swallow again, regaining her smile, her first steps when she walked out of her last rehab facility on move out day, when she learned how to put her own sports bra on, uh, and then today when she ran for resident council, all these steps back to normal. And I'm just really proud of her and I'm so thankful she's reclaiming another part of herself. So, What's gonna happen now? Well, I told her today, if you need a campaign manager, I'm the bitch for the job. I said to her, do you want me to make a sign for your door? And she said, no, I don't think that's necessary. And then by the end of the call, she said, let's talk about a sign for my door. (laughs) And um, Stephanie PSL offered to make her a button. And someone else mentioned a bumper sticker for her wheelchair today. And, (laughs) um, you know, I'm I'm probably going to go slightly over the top on this campaign, to be honest. Like, I don't want to say my mother's gonna win this motherfucker. But the point is (laughs) I have scheduled a co-rally with Kamala Harris for next Thursday in the bingo room on the first floor near memory care. And I have started creating a narrative by which one of my mother's opponents has a nasty sex scandal. Uh, Her name's Mildred and I'm gonna start a rumor that she's having a sex scandal with a young cafeteria worker named Ronnie. So you know what? Suck it, Mildred. You're going down. Boy, <laughs> suck it is what Ronnie said. Um, anyway, um, wishing my mom all the luck. I cannot wait to see her get on the resident council. And remember, if you have good news, we want to hear from you. I'd rather be talking about you than me here. So please send us your good news stories. You can DM us on Instagram right from the Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast page. You can also send me a message on my website, JimLanahan.com. Go to the contact Jim tab there. So yay, go mom. That's exciting. All right, let's wrap it up and tell everybody where we can find each other. You can always find Christine at CCinecor on Twitter and Facebook. Instagram is Christine and her website is christinesinecor.com. Dr. John Paul is on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Dr. John Paul, website drjohnpaul.com. Scott can be found at Scotty Sheldon on Twitter and Facebook. On Instagram, it's Scott A. Sheldon and Scotty Sheldon the actor. And his website is scottysheldon.com. Stephanie is at Chicky Laugh on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Jim Lanahan. Facebook, I am Jim Lanahan. My website, jimlanahan.com. Remember to go to Cameo and look for Jim Lanahan. All proceeds support this podcast. And the podcast has a page on Facebook. It's Jim Lanahan and Friends Podcast Group. All right, you guys. Next week is Labor Day. So we will have a special Labor Day show for everybody next week. And until then enjoy the end of summer. Bye. It, you know what? I'd like to thank you for those colonoscopies, Christine.
4: Jim, you're welcome. Thank you. you.